0: Welcome to the table. How are we feeling tonight? I feel like I needed to go to like jazz voice after that song. All right, is everyone here? You're listening to WTBL. Welcome to the table. Hey, so glad you guys chose to join with us tonight to gather with us. There's a ton of cool stuff going on here today. I want to point out just a little bit by way of welcoming one another. But before I get to all that cool stuff, can we just take a moment? I think there are people around you you haven't met yet, and in the midst of just worshiping the Lord and being slain in the Spirit and falling over and just getting up and getting saved again and speaking in tongues and whatever went on, uh, you forgot to meet the people around you. So would you just take a few seconds? I want you to maybe high-five three people you haven't met yet today and just tell them that you love them and you're glad they're here. So just just go for it. High-five some folks. There we go. Yep, yep, yep. All right. This is great. Hey, so we have a couple of kind of new things going on here. Our good friend Emily Cabral led us on that third song. Just did a great job. We love Emily. She's led before, but this is kind of one of her first times at the table. Leads a lot at our CR ministry. Really excited about her. Uh, We have some friends here from Thailand. Uh, So friends from Thailand, can you all say hi? Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Hold on. Wait. Wait. Let's say that again. We have some friends here from Thailand and China. Can we all say Hi. Hi, and um, man, so glad you guys uh, came to hang out with us. They had a Bible study earlier this morning and decided they'd come to the table. Super awesome. Actually, they were in China earlier this morning and they saw our Instagram post and they were like, Book a flight. Here we go. And they said, Where do you want to go? And they said, Orlando. And uh, here they are. So then they're, they're just going to hit MCO afterwards and just, no, I'm just kidding. They're here. And uh, we're excited. You guys are going to come hang out with us uh, for a season. That's really awesome. Um, well, the, the, the other big thing that we have that's just kind of new here today is we have a uh, first-time table communicator who's going to uh, share with us for the first time. Uh, and so I want to welcome up one of our summer interns, one of our uh, UCF leaders, uh, our friend Trisha Joseph. Tricia, can you kind of come on up? Can we welcome Trisha? So... Um, I told Trisha I was going to try to just really lay it on right before she gets going, just because I want to make sure you guys get to meet Trisha. Trisha, can you say hi? Here, I'll take your Bible and set it down. That way you're not doing the awkward thank arm you, thing. Thank you. Hey, guys. Okay.
1: Whoa. So let me
0: talk to you about my good friend Trisha here. Um, I'm going to stand close to you like I love you and like we're friends. Um, okay. So Trisha, if you guys don't know this, she'll tell you her whole story. But basically, Trisha is um, she's what I think Jesus wants to do in Orlando. And here's what I mean by that. Three and a half years ago, Trisha wasn't following Jesus. She came to believe in Jesus. She joined our UCF ministry. Uh, as she's a UCF student. She'll tell you more about that. Um, she jumped into a life group. She shared her story. Alec and I were there the first time she shared her story in one of our UCF life groups in David Brush's apartment when there was like 50 of us in a 300-square-foot you know, apartment. And she shared her story, and it was amazing. We were like, man, she think, we think she has a teaching gifting. She got baptized. She jumped in, started teaching, regularly speaking and leading at a life group, started leading in our Sunday master class, just did a great job there, and we've been working towards this moment right here where she's able to come uh, and speak to us now at the table gathering. And I'm just, it's just been amazing to watch somebody uh, just follow Jesus and grow in Christ uh, and lead mission trips to other countries. Uh,
1: I wouldn't say lead.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. So she wouldn't say lead. I would say lead, but she wouldn't say lead. It's just, it's really incredible. So I'm so uh, expectant and excited and all those things about you uh, here today. Are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. Okay, go. they're ready to go. Can I pray for you and then get off the yes, stage and let yeah, you go please. and teach us from God's word? Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hug you and I'm gonna pray for you right now. Jesus, thank you for my friend, Trisha. Thanks for her life, thanks for her salvation, thanks for her sanctification, uh, but Jesus, thanks for what you're doing in her and what you're going to continue to do through her, and I pray that you would make us teachable here today and help us to really hear what you want to say to all of us, no matter where we are right now, whether we're following you or whether we're still trying to explore it and figure it out, would you speak through Trisha and help us to see more of the reality of who you are? It's in your name we pray, amen.
1: What's up, Table family? Wow, if we haven't met, my name is Tricia, and I'm so excited to be up here, you guys. I've been looking forward to sharing this message with you. Uh, So if you have a Bible, go ahead and grab it. We're going to be in John chapter 1. If you have your phone, Bible, same thing, Uh, grab a pen or something to write with if you don't have it. If you have the notes section in your phone... Uh, make sure you have that open, not because I'm going to be particularly amazing, but uh, because I think God is here, and I want you to be prepared if he speaks to you in, in any way. Um, so so we're going to be in John chapter 1, but before we get to that, I want to talk to you guys about, uh, I think, my second favorite subject in the entire world, and that is our solar system. That's right, space. People, some of you are like, I knew it. Um, but you know, a few weeks ago, I posted something on my Instagram. Uh, I posted one of those Insta stories, the Ask Me Anything. And uh, the question was, what is your favorite planet? And if you don't follow me on Instagram, you know what to do as soon as you get home. Ask Trisha. Uh So a lot of you did answer the question, and um, most of you chose Jupiter. That was like the most popular planet. Uh, Saturn, I think, was the second popular. Uh, That's cool. My favorite planet, if you guys want to know, is Earth. I feel like all of you should have chose Earth, (laughs) Um, but you did not. That's a a different conversation. That's okay. Uh, But I think my overall top favorite thing or object in the entire universe uh, would have to be Miranda. Uh, and Miranda is a moon. She is one of Uranus's moons. She's one of 27 moons. Uh, there she is. Isn't she cute? Um, so in the astronomy community, Miranda is kind of nicknamed the Frankenstein moon because of its, like, broken terrain Uh, You guys can see it looks just so jagged. There are a lot of canyons and uh, cuts in Miranda. And a lot of theories have been proposed to try to explain the appearance of Miranda. And one of the leading theories is that um, early on in its lifetime, it was involved in a big collision that just completely destroyed and shattered the moon. So at this point, it's just revolving or orbiting around its planet in pieces. Um, But over time, it brought itself back together with its own gravity. Uh, And this is a pretty common phenomenon in astronomy. It's something called self-gravity or self-gravitation. And it's usually uh, most common in larger objects, like the sun or planets. They use self-gravity to keep themselves in, like, the spherical shape that they have. Um, So it was really, really uncommon for Miranda to do this because she's so – she, it's a girl – because she's so small that – it, like, you can't really have that much gravity in an object that's so small. Uh, to let you guys kind of visualize it, Miranda's so small that it could fit inside of Earth 20,000 times. It's super tiny. Uh, and I see a lot of, like, blank stares in the audience, and that's okay. Like, I know a lot of people don't share my love for space or uh, anything. Oh, Catherine does. Or anything in the in the solar system. Uh, but I think the significance of Miranda goes far beyond just astronomy 101 for me. Uh, for me, Miranda is the difference between death and life spiritually, uh, and that's extreme. So I'll explain. Um, I think there's another photo of Miranda if you guys want to see, but um, there you go. Uh, about three years ago, Doug kind of mentioned, I was navigating my way through my sophomore year at UCF, uh, Go Knights. and I was... I was not on my way through sophomore year, uh, and I was kind of struggling. I didn't know Jesus. Uh, at this time, I was majoring in engineering, but um, I had enough uh, like common sense to get a minor in astronomy, just to kind of even things out. Um, so <laughs> while I was studying astronomy, I read about Miranda and her brokenness, and I saw my own brokenness. Um, and I read about this kind of redemption story that she brought through herself with her own gravity, her own, uh, like, strength and will. And I saw that, and I took that illustration, and I just ran with it. I was like, I need to be Miranda. Like, this is me. Uh, So for, like, a few weeks, I was, like, on this high. I was on a mission of just remaking myself with Miranda as like the picture that I had in my mind like it was just me and her I was like I'm naming my first daughter Miranda uh like she's the picture that I had I even got a tattoo of Miranda just to kind of solidify that that bond that we had Um, so I I have this with Miranda I'm trying to recreate myself in some way and over time, at first it was great. Like For two weeks, I was doing so well. I was teaching myself like, new social skills, new confidence, and I was like, you're doing good. But over time, uh, slowly but surely, I just found myself going back to where I started. And I couldn't really sustain that life that I had for myself. Uh, and I, I think that's common. You know, life on our own terms is usually pretty tough. Uh, So I I was so disappointed that I'd failed, again, at something that everyone around me seemed to just be excelling at. On college campus, everyone's so happy, everyone has friends, everyone is just, like, doing good. But I felt like I'd failed at something uh, that was so easy to other people. Um, But in that failure and in that disappointment, God began to kind of send for me and call for me in a way Um, like in the span of one week I was approached by so many people several people and they always came by twos and uh, it's like they had a specific message just for me each time Uh, and within that week after like the eighth person approached me I was like okay I think that God is calling me to something I think he's opening these doors and he wants me to walk through them Uh, so I decided to go to church and I think I just started driving. I just got a car. Like my whole family was asleep. I drove to church and I came right here to First Orlando. And I sat through my first Christian service, in on B ramp in in big church. Um, but I came at the 10:30, so none of you were there, which was great for me. Um. <laughs> so I'm listening. I'm listening to the messages and Pastor is speaking, and it's so convicting to me, and the messages are so directed to my heart that I just keep coming back. Uh, No one's coming with me. I just go back. I sit in B-Ramp by myself, and I'm usually like sobbing every Sunday. Uh, So eventually, after enough times of doing that, I decided to give my life to Christ. Um, And yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I continue to come back. I come back. I make this sort of my Home church, or the only church that I know, um, and I, I feel this, this thing that I couldn't really explain. You guys know the feeling when your heart starts beating really fast whenever um, something convicting is said, and you feel like you're being pulled to something, but you don't really know what it is. Uh, I felt like that so many times, so I, I made it a point to learn as much as I could about who Jesus was and about His life and His ministry. Um, I learned. I went back to Genesis to figure out the whole Adam and Eve thing, and I. I got a lot of information, but still I would go, and I would feel this call, and I wouldn't understand what it was, and it was like, it's kind of like when you're talking to someone, you know, like talking to someone, and you guys are like texting a lot, maybe, and like one of you always says like, hey, you know, what's going on? Like, what are we really? I felt like Jesus was saying this to me. He's like, hey, (laughs) like you come to my house every Sunday, like you know my dad, like, you're cool with my dad, so what's going on? Like, what? I felt like he was saying, what are we? And I didn't have an answer to it. I just thought, I know so much about you. I know about where you came from. I know about God and creation. What more is there? Like, isn't this enough? Um, And I use this analogy, and I tell you guys a little bit about my testimony, to just show that we tend to hesitate to believe in Jesus for things in our life, and we use our knowledge as a substitute. Uh, but God in his kindness uh, will bring light to this unbelief with different challenges introduced into our life. And these challenges, can uh, they can look like blessings. They could truly be blessings. Uh, it might be you being promoted uh into a new position in ministry or you're just having new responsibilities in your family or uh, you just changing your role in a relationship. I know a lot of you are getting married soon or thinking about marriage uh, or maybe dating seriously and I think that's the perfect way for God to just introduce a new challenge that forces you to reevaluate your belief in him um, because Usually in your single life, going back to the relationship Mary thing, it's uh, maybe your main relationship with God is like the teacher-student kind of relationship or he's more heavily your provider, more heavily your comforter or counselor. But once you step into that new role, uh, of marriage. He is now the person who looks over that covenant. It's a completely new reliance that you have on him, and it's it can change the way that you interact with him every day. So I think it's important that we go into that, not with our own knowledge, but uh, with the guidance and knowledge that God gives us. Um, so I think the main question that I want to explore tonight and talk about is how do we know when we're settling for our knowledge instead of walking confidently in uh, in belief in God. And I think Jesus, he, he dealt with this a lot, especially in the New Testament, especially uh, in the Gospel of John. And somebody who who experienced this tension firsthand is someone named Nathaniel, and that was one of his first disciples. Um, and in verse 47, we can see how um, Jesus kind of confronts that in Nathaniel. Uh, so if you have your Bible, we're going to be all the way down in verse 47, so I'll fill in some of the gaps of what have already happened for you. So uh, John chapter 1 kind of gets right into it. It starts at creation goes right to Jesus' ministry. So we're seeing Jesus start to teach... And he's walking through Judea and meeting new people and performing miracles. And he has a few new disciples. Um, And one day he decides that he wants to go to Galilee. So he says, let's go to Galilee. And a few of his disciples go with him. And once he gets there, he seeks out and finds someone named Philip. And he says to Philip, follow me. And Philip follows. So Philip is walking with Jesus and he's learning from him. Um, But then he says, Jesus, wait just wait right here. I'm going to go find my friend Nathaniel. I want him to meet you. So he goes off to find Nathaniel and he finds him sitting under a fig tree. And he says, Nathaniel, we've finally found the one who Moses and all the prophets have talked about. It's the Messiah. It's Jesus from Nazareth. And Nathaniel goes, Nazareth. I've read all the scriptures and I know everything that the prophets have written. I know that the Messiah must come from Bethlehem. Now, we know that Jesus was, in fact, born in Bethlehem, but that's not common knowledge for the people in Galilee right now. Uh, So, Nathaniel's not convinced. He's saying, whoever you met, it's not it. But Philip persists, and he says, no, no, just come with me, and you'll see for yourself. So, we pick up in verse 47. They're on the way to meet Jesus, and it says, Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there's no deceit. Nathaniel said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. So I want us to look at a few things in this text together. I think the first thing that we can notice is that Nathanael has the knowledge for sure. He knows all the requirements of the Messiah and he can notice right away if something doesn't match up to that um even when he's walking toward jesus he says how do you know me as if to like test the methods by which he's saying that he is the messiah um, but as soon as jesus said i saw you under the fig tree his immediate response is you are the king of israel you're the son of god and that seems super quick, but usually uh, in that time, if someone were to interact with another person who would exhibit signs of, uh, like worthy of the Lord, then the immediate response would have to be that you had just met the Messiah. Um, but Jesus wasn't really convinced by this. He asked Nathaniel, do you believe? And I think this is, this is really common with a lot of us. It's, if this is the way that we were supposed to be, saved, or the way that we were supposed to believe, then shouldn't everyone who's seen Jesus perform signs or miracles now be following him? But they're not. Like people have seen uh, paralyzed men start walking, and women cured of diseases, and the blind have gained their sight, but still they would say things like, but is this man really who he says he is? And, and it's so common, but Jesus says that I do these things so that you would see and that you would know that the Father has sent me. Um, a few months ago, I was, I was talking to one of my friends, and it's common that we would like, ask each other to pray for each other, so I asked her to pray for me because I felt like I was a little distant from God. I hadn't, feel him, I hadn't felt him moving in my life as strongly as he usually does, so I asked her to pray for that, and she starts praying, and she says, Lord, I just pray that you would just show Trisha in, in just a very clear way that you see her while she's studying, even while she's sleeping, even while she's looking for her keys. And she said that, and I let her finish praying, but after she was done, I was like, why did you say while well, she's looking for a keys? That's such a random thing. And she just said, I don't know, it was just rolling around in my head. It was like forcing its way out of my mouth. I just had to say it. What she didn't know was that that same night, I was grocery shopping, at, like, a very late time, they were, like, almost closed, and I came out of the grocery shop. It was, like, the parking lot was empty. It was nighttime. I didn't have my phone on me. <laughs> I, everything you shouldn't do, right? And I, I was putting the groceries away, and I couldn't find my keys anywhere, and I was freaking out. It was, like, at the height of the human trafficking scare. Like, I was alone. I was, like, someone's gonna kidnap me, and I was full panicking. I had no, I wasn't even thinking about the protection of God or Jesus at the moment. I was just freaking out that I would get kidnapped. Um, but I, of course, found my keys eventually, and I got home. But when she said that, I immediately knew that God was speaking through my friend to tell me that even when you thought you were alone, I was with you. And I, when, I, when this happened to me and I, I read about Nathaniel, I was like, I get it. I get Nathaniel so much because initially when, when I heard her say that, I was like, God is real. He's real. <laughs> And I was so amazed. And she was done. I was like, God is real. And she was like, yeah, we're praying to him right now. <laughs> but it's like an immediate response. Whenever you see God do something so uh, like direct in your life, you can't deny that he is who he is. And he says, I do these things so that you would know that the Father has sent me. Um, and that's just the first step. It's just knowing. It's like he's saying, look at what I'm doing. Like, you know that I'm God. But still you don't believe. And don't we do the same thing? Like so, so many times we see wonders in our own life, uh, but still we hesitate. And myself is a prime example, I mean, God blew up a moon for me, uh, but still I hesitated uh, when I found out these things about Miranda. Um, I was reading about her, and the theory that Miranda had brought herself together with her own gravity is not widely accepted among astronomers because it's nearly impossible. Um, so when I read this, God began to show me, and I began to see that gravity was not the vital element in this situation at all. I began to see that uh, God sustains everything in heaven and on earth with his unfailing power and his love, and that was the same power that would put me back together and sustain me for the rest of my life. Um, but even knowing, knowing this, it was revelation knowledge, but it's not what led me to believe in God. There were still steps for me to take, and I still hesitated. Um, so I, I think we can relate to Nathaniel in such a way that no matter what we see, there's still another step that we have to take before we get to real belief in God. Uh, I think the second thing that we can see from the text is that Jesus is seeking belief from Nathaniel like initially, first off, like, uh, it says that God has given to Jesus, whoever, uh, whoever he approaches, he's already given them to him, so Jesus is just going to seal the deal, he's just speaking to Nathaniel, knowing that God has already given him over, so he's just asking, do you believe, and Nathaniel says, you're the son of God, you're the king of Israel, and I feel like he could have kept going, son of God, king of Israel, uh, Seed from Abraham, heir to David's throne, preceded by John. But all uh, Jesus is asking is, "Do you believe?" And Nathaniel hesitates. He's kind of stalling. He he's just been presented with the biggest truth that he's ever heard in his entire life, and he doesn't know what to do with just the knowledge that he has. And just like Nathaniel, I think we're also stalling. I think we're getting stuck here in our knowledge. Uh, but God is saying there's so much more. There's so much more uh, that we have in him. There's so much more that he has for those who believe in him. And I think there's a very distinct but important difference between knowledge and belief. And as much as God wants you to abandon the knowledge that you rely on and uh, just put all of your confidence in him, there's also, there's also a side that benefits from you not making that decision. Every day that you don't make that decision is an easy day for the enemy. Uh, you know that the enemy is not bothered that you come to table every Tuesday. He doesn't care. He'll, he'll drive with you here. He'll walk up the driveway. Welcome home. Oh, he'll sit with you in the front row. He'll listen and say, oh, write that down. Did you hear that? Write, write this down. You guys are leaving. He'll be like, that was great. Let's go back next week. Why not? As long as you don't think that When we get home, anything's going to change. As long as you're not thinking of applying anything that you've just learned, or as long as you're not putting confidence in anything that you've just learned. I do that every week for a lot of us in here. And why is that? It's because knowledge is not power. Knowledge is not power. It's potential power. The knowledge that you have in Jesus is not belief. It's potential to believe but the only thing that matters is what you do with the information that you're given. I think the the one thing that I want us to take away from tonight, like above all else, is that your belief is not belief until it's accompanied by action. Uh, And I'll try to illustrate that. I think there's very uh, very important steps that God wants you to take uh, with your knowledge. For example, you can see a chair and know that this is a chair it has four legs, it has a seat, it has a back. And when I sit in it, it's supposed to support me. But until I sit in that chair, I won't believe that it's a chair. Or another example, you can buy, uh, are there any like rock climbers in here? One rock climber, two, three. Uh, if you buy like the most like, highly qual- high quality manufactured rope to rock climb with, you can know that, that this is a strong rope. But until you're hanging off of a cliff on that rope, that's when you believe that this is a strong rope. Like there's some actions that you're taking uh, to make sure that you put your belief in that. Uh, so if you're thinking, I know a lot of you may be thinking, so you're hearing this, how can I fill in the gap between my knowledge and my belief in God? I think there are two practical steps that could be helpful to you guys and the first one is just to practice awareness every day just get in the habit of asking yourself where am I lacking truth um, in what God is telling me or in what I'm living out in God every day and once you're aware of that then you can pray and you can ask God that through the Holy Spirit he would insert himself and just bring forth a confidence in you that you didn't have in that before uh, a, few, a few months ago, or I think last year, I taught at Masterclass, and I taught on David and Goliath. And the preparation process for that was so difficult for me, and I didn't understand why. And it was because I, I became aware that I wasn't really believing in the things that I was teaching on. The story of David and Goliath, there's a giant, and there's David, and he defeats the giant with three stones. I hope that's true uh, he's defeats a piece of giant with three stones in um, reading that I, I find I found it hard to believe as someone who didn't grow up hearing that story as a kid or as a teenager and uh, there are a lot of kind and smart people around me who just made me aware that there's some gap between my knowledge and my belief in this area. So I made sure that I became aware of it, and I, I asked God to fill in that gap between my knowledge and my belief. And uh, those steps that I took were so helpful uh, in the spiritual growth that I had with God. And I think the next step uh, that would be helpful to you guys in filling that gap between knowledge and belief is to just be intentional with everything that you do. Um, when you're intentional, you can just really think about what you're doing, and you can have a time of self-reflection every day and see, am I putting my faith in God, or am I relying again on my knowledge? Am I moving forth in confidence in God, or am I just going forth in what I think that this should look like? Uh, If you continue to read on in verse 51 of John chapter 1, I think it says, um, Jesus says that You'll see greater things than these. You'll see heaven and earth ascending and descending on the Son of Man. He's saying that you'll see more amazing things than this, but will you believe even more then? And I feel like the more and more that we see, we'll know and know more about who God is, but there's steps of intentionality and self-reflection that have to come um, after our knowledge to make sure that we have belief in God. Uh, so if you, ha- if you know a little bit of Bible trivia, you'll also know that Nathaniel is also known as Bartholomew, and Bartholomew is one of Jesus' first disciples, and he became the only known disciple to take the gospel, uh, the gospel of Matthew specifically, into the country of India. He was the first one to bring the gospel into an entire country. So imagine what would have happened if Nathaniel never took that step. Imagine just the thousands of people who wouldn't have heard of the gospel in that time. I feel like Jesus went up to him and he spoke to him and he looked to him, but he was looking through him to generations and generations to see the people that he would reach through his own belief and In my own life, I think the journey to belief was definitely not a straight line. it was definitely a battle um, i Before I believed in God or Before I became a Christian, uh, I had a very existential view of life. I was very certain that nothing was certain. Um, And in the physics and astronomy community, a lot of people think that a scientific mind that's focused on God is a mind that's wasted. And that was... Uh, the point of view of a lot of my peers, and my students, and my professors. Um, so I had to battle that while also learning about who God was and trying to put my confidence in him. Um, so it was really hard for me. I had to unlearn a lot of things that I did learn. Um, I had to know how to start to believe. Um, and while uh, those few years while I was in college before I knew Jesus, uh, there were a lot of struggles. I didn't have the community that I had. I didn't have the assurance that I had. I think it's very dangerous to have questions like are we alone in the universe what is the universe made of even though I did study that but it's it's very dangerous to have those questions and not have answers to them so while I did have those questions after I began to put my belief in God I began to see the answers and I began to let go of that uncertainty that I had Um, and as Doug mentioned I put myself into this college ministry. Uh, I was a part of several life groups and I led two of those life groups. Um, I spoke uh, at our Sunday class and in our life groups and um, I was also part of a mission trip that went to the other side of the world to to spread the same gospel that my ears were so close to just three years before. Um, And none of this would have been possible if God had not moved heaven and earth to save me. Um, So I think... That the journey from knowledge to belief may not be an easy one, uh, but it's it's definitely one that's worth it, in seeing where God can take you because of it. Cool. Oh wow. Cool. So let's pray. Do you want to? Do you want to pray us out? Cool. All right. Let's pray, guys. Father, thank you so much. Um, just for allowing us to be in this room today. Uh, whoever is in this room has been prayed for, and it's not a coincidence that they're here. It's not a coincidence that they're sitting next to the person that they're sitting next to. Um, Lord, I'm thankful for the way that you're working in their lives, even now. Um, Lord, thank you for saving me and allowing me to glorify your name on this platform. I pray that as we leave table today that um, we wouldn't leave the same people that we came in as. Um, I pray that we wouldn't let the enemy steal the knowledge or the information that we've just gained, but I pray that we would take the next step um, and make it into a belief that is so strong that it cannot be wavered by anything that we encounter throughout the day. And I ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.